Tonight is um, maybe going to be a little different. Uh, I want you to just get the feeling that we're, we're sitting in a living room. There's a fire going. Do you hear the wood crackling? There are no marshmallows. I'm sorry. This isn't that kind of party. But we do have dessert. We've got brownies. We've got hot chocolate going. We've got some soft music in the background. Have I set the mood or what? <laughs> but no marshmallows, Marie, I'm sorry. Now, tonight's going to be uh, a little different. I, I, I felt uh, led, I think it was yesterday or last night, to just share a word with you uh, that I believe God uh, put on my heart for you. Um, you, you know, our country has gone through quite a bit over the last few years. W would you agree? Hate, shootings, racism, destruction of, of the family. And you know, I, I can remember those of you that are up in age. I remember we used to go to bed at night and we never locked our doors. That's just how we grew up. You can't do that anymore. There's just so much going on in our communities and in our nation. And and I just felt and, and I just feel like tonight, um, I, I believe one of the things that has, has really happened is generationally we've lost some things from one generation to the next. Let me explain. My father was in World War II. So you can imagine, you know, they call them the, the greatest generation. And I truly believe my dad was a man. He was a man's man. He loved to hunt and he loved to fish and we grew up that way. Um, and, and, and that's just how it was. He grew up on a farm. And we didn't grow up on a farm, but my dad took me back to my grandpa's farm every weekend at 5 a.m. in the morning, and we had to go get okra, we had to go get corn and potatoes, you know. And that's just how it was. But things have changed since then. Would you agree? And it's very disturbing when you just want to hear some good news. But But I believe that there is... Our fabric of our country is literally being torn apart because we're losing the generations. Michelle and I went to Boston a couple of weeks ago. Uh, she gifted me uh, two years ago after I finished chemo to, uh, a trip to Fenway Park. And buddy, let me tell you, we went to Fenway Park twice. But here's the interesting: we got we we left the airport and we um, we fly and you know we we take the bus to a subway station or whatever, and as soon as we pop out, and they're in Boston Commons. I'm talking history. Built in the late 1600s. They're protesting for abortions. Welcome to Boston. So I just wanted to touch on tonight about generationally what's happening and really what needs to happen. 
Because I believe God is a generational God. Amen. Would you all agree? But what's happened is sometimes in, in, in our own lives, born again Christians, we, whoa, we, we want to live in this very moment and we're not thinking about the future. How many of you have children? How many of you have grandchildren? That we're not thinking generationally. Every 25 years is a new generation. But I want to encourage you tonight that our God is faithful and He intends and His plan is for us to pass on His goodness and His faithfulness to the next generation and the generation and your children's 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 children. Amen? And how do I know that God is generational? Look what it says in Psalms. It says, Then we, your people, the sheep of your pasture, will praise you forever. From generation to generation, we will recount your praise. He says right there. This is the psalmist David from generation to generation. Look what it says in Exodus. In Exodus chapter 3, he says, Then he, this is God speaking, I am the God of your father. Then look what he does. He hits generations. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. See, there's a grandpa, there's a son, and there's a grandson. Isn't that cool? Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. But what I'm getting at is God is a, is a generational type of God. He's interested in the future, not just right now. We want it right now. We want the drive-through version. We come to Sunday and say, Pastor Brandon, feed me, feed me, feed me. Oh, okay, I'm done. But what are we going to do the rest of the week? And I believe the New Testament gives us, I believe, a great example of what a generational model should look like. In fact, it shows us in 2 Timothy. This is the Apostle Paul. Okay? He was the greatest of greatest of mentors. And look what it says. He says, Timothy, my child. Most versions say my son. Now, he wasn't... Uh, Timothy was not Paul's real son, but he looked at him as his son. So he says, Timothy, my child or son, Christ Jesus is kind. And you must let him make you strong. And then what he says, you've often heard me teach. So right there, we see generationally Paul teaching his spiritual son because Paul had a vision for the future. He says, now I want you to tell these things to followers. In other words, Paul said, Timothy, this is what I'd like for you to do. I want you to go out there and teach some followers who can be trusted to do what? Tell others. And so look at the model. It's pretty simple. We're talking about generational living right here. Now, this wasn't a father, I mean, a grandfather and a son and a grandson. You know what I'm saying? They, Paul had a vision for generations to come. Isn't that cool? You know, prior to Reverend Billy Graham passing away 
a journalist interviewed him and asked him a very interesting question and said, Reverend Graham, what's your biggest regret? And he said, oh, that's easy. He said, I've preached to thousands upon hundreds of thousands upon millions. But he said, I never had a small few to pour into for the next generation. Wow. See, I believe that God wants us to become generational minded. Amen. That we can't live just in this day. Something very interesting that I found in the Bible. Isn't the Bible like going for treasure and you're finding nuggets and gold and whatnot? I want to give you the greatest example of generational living. Did you know that God's first words to the human race was, look what it says in Genesis. He says, be fruitful and increase. Some versions say, be fruitful and multiply. It wasn't just, hey, I want you to go have children to help you farm the land. God was saying, I want you to be fruitful with everything that you have, and I want you to pour into the next generation and increase it and keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it. Very first words out of his mouth to the human race. Now look what Jesus' last words were. When he came back to the earth 40 days later, on his last day right before the ascension, look what it says. Therefore, go and make disciples. Therefore, I want you to be generational. He starts and he ends with the very same thing. He says, I want you to be generational minded. I want you to reproduce yourself in other people is what he's saying. Isn't that good? We can go home now. Amen. So how do we live generationally? It's a great question. I believe the first thing we have to realize is that there is value in our spiritual gifts. Now, some of you know what your spiritual gifts are. How many? Raise your hand. How many of you know what your spiritual gifts are? few of you. I want to talk to you right now because some of you are not using your spiritual gifts right now. God intends for us to be molded like Him. He intends for us to, to think generationally by using our spiritual gifts. And I think what happens a lot of times, our, our gifts go dormant. Because maybe there's not activity in our life or maybe there's nothing happening for me to do it. Let me tell you. If you know what your spiritual gift is, you need to hang around people that have spiritual gifts that are using it. So that you can rub elbows and learn how they're doing it. Amen? The Apostle Paul tells us that we all have spiritual gifts. Look what it says in First Corinthians, uh, First um, Corinthians, uh, chapter twelve. Look what it says. Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I don't want you to be ignorant. 
He says, you have them. How do we get them? We get them at the new birth. The Holy Spirit deposits in us and distributes our spiritual giftings within us. See, the next generation needs to know about our spiritual gift. There are many spiritual gifts. There's exhortation, there's mercy, there's giving, there's faith. There's teaching, there's pastoring or shepherding, there's prophecy. Miracles. And you see, the tendency is, is that we feel like the only place we can use our spiritual gifts is in church. The majority of the time, our spiritual gifts are used in the workplace. They're used in the highways and byways of a family. How many of you do not know what your spiritual gift is? Just be honest. Come on. I I just want you to. We're going to say three words very quickly. It's called next steps. We're going to say it fast three times and we're going to say it loud and we're going to say it quick and we're going to see if we can do it on the count of three. We're just going to go next steps, next steps, next steps. And we're going to see if you can say it three times fast. If you pass the test, I will let you out early tonight. If not, I will keep you. You ready? One, two, three. Next Oh, I think that deserves another try. Come on, people. One, two, three. Oh, help me, Jesus. Seriously, those of you that raised your hands that you don't know your spiritual gifts, there is much value in knowing what they are. And here is the great news. If you don't know what they are, we can help you. I didn't know what they were. I was never taught about spiritual gifts. Read it. Okay, that's cool. We give a spiritual gift test in our next up things, because that's what it sounded like, okay? We actually give a test for you to find out what it is. So that we can help you along your spiritual journey. Whether you have your gift and you're using it, or you have your gift and you're not using it, or you've, or you, you want to discover your gift, you just simply go to next steps and it starts this Sunday. How, at perfect timing. If you're not using or you don't know what your spiritual gift is, you are helping fracturing the next generation by not using or not finding out what your spiritual gift is. You are denying someone else generationally from not finding out about the Lord or finding out about something or using your gifting, okay? And I got to put a plug in here. Gifting, spiritual gifts is not necessarily your talent. You see, a talent is you were born with a talent, maybe athletically or maybe playing a piano or something of that nature. Spiritual gift is at your new birth. When you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, there was a spiritual endowment, a deposit that got inside of you. Some of you never felt it, never knew what was going on, didn't even, maybe even it happened. And maybe you don't have a clue. We can help you. So, those of you that raised your hands that said, you don't know your spiritual gifts, 
I want to see you Sunday starting next steps. Miss Dixie, we need more pizza. Because all of these people have said, I'm coming, right? Next steps, next steps, next steps. Why not come? It's part of our spiritual journey. When I first took the test, we used to call it the old Christianity classes about a hundred years ago. And up popped teaching. Hmm, go figure. Up popped shepherding, pastoring, go figure. I had no clue. I had no clue. I had no clue. I had no clue. And up popped administration. I had no clue. I had no clue. I am the administration pastor here at Family Life. Who knew? But back then, <laughs> what? I, I, I couldn't make sense of it. And the person who taught the class said, hold on. I can see you're a little confused, Rob. Yeah, I'm confused. J just let it mature in you. Just let it naturally, organically happen within you. But I'll never forget, this person said, this is what I want you to do. He said, I want you to hang out with the spiritual gifted people. It doesn't have to be within your, but, but find people who are operating in their gifts. And that's what I did. Amen. So number one, I think we have to recognize and understand if we want to live generationally and take this to the next generation, we have to understand that there's value in our spiritual gifts. Amen. Don't deny someone else. Y'all good with number one? Number two, I want you to understand that there is value in what you learn. Amen. Now, recently, I learned something. I was in an airport in Boston. And you know, there are many restrooms. Hundreds, no, it was in Atlanta, hundreds of people, thousands, gazillions of people. And they've got these signs that signify and delineate between the women's and the men's restroom. And I saw the first one. The symbol showed a dress. And I thought, that's the women's. Sixty feet down the hall, who knew there was a second entrance to the women's restroom? Maybe everybody else did, but Rob didn't. Literally, it's one entrance is here. You know, I'm walking this way and I, you know, I see the sign. I just look, hey, that's the men's. And I walk right in and I see my wife, Michelle, go, oh God. <laughs> A lady started laughing. And I think I heard Michelle say, that's not my husband. That's not my husband. That's not my husband. <laughs> when I walked out, I went, I learned something. When you see the symbol on the restroom sign that has the dress, it's not my restroom. Some people need to learn between the women's and the men's. Right, Marie? Amen. You never know when you're going to need that information. 
I learned something that day. I'll never go into a women's restroom without checking what's happening. There's value in learning. Look what it says in Luke chapter 2. It says, Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Jesus never stopped learning. And the next generation needs to know what you are learning. Because we're not teaching our children and our grandchildren the godly principles and things that they need to succeed. Amen? There's something going on wrong. We're not, we're not reaching the next generations. I think too many Christians are just sitting in the sideline hoping a teacher will do it for them. Or a kids camp will do it for them. We have to take the initiative. What we learn, we got to pass on. Amen. And so when you attend a Sunday service, I'm not trying to meddle, but are you taking notes? Are you learning? Or are you, can you even remember one of Pastor Brandon's points from Sunday? See, the only thing you may remember from tonight is a restroom sign. And and I'm not trying to be funny. I I want you to understand we have to understand, we have to learn and keep learning and immerse ourselves, not just in God's word, but listening to, to other people preach or, or or maybe devotions or Joyce Myers or the TD Jakes and just keep immersing ourselves in learning what we can to become better Christians so we can pass on that information to our children and our grandchildren. Amen. You say, Rob, I don't have any children. I don't have any grandchildren. You do have children and you do have grandchildren. You got co-workers that need your help. They need your spiritual gifts. They need to know what you're learning. Maybe your neighbor or maybe a family member that that's uh, maybe a grandparent. You know what I'm saying? But there is value in what you learn. So the question to you is, are you learning? Or are you just coming for the fellowship in a cup of coffee? What if I asked you this question? What did God show you this morning in your Bible reading time? And put a microphone in each one of your hands. What are you learning? What are you learning? Are you learning? There's a lot of great books out there. There's there's a lot of great teachings out there. Amen. We have a lot of life groups where you can learn. I mean, come on, we're making it very, very simple. We have to take what we learn and just simply pass that on. And I'm I'm being serious. It, it can be about anger. It could be about anything, about characteristics in your life. We we have to pass it on. And finally, number three. I think to live generationally, we have to understand this value in our voice. I'm not talking a singing voice. I'm talking the words that come out of our mouth. And what better example than the Apostle Paul? Look at his word in his writings. He's voicing 
to the Ephesians, to the Colossians, to the Galatians, Thessalonians, come on, give me some Romans, um, come on, give me another ands. He's voicing to the people in all of his epistles. And he's sharing his heart of what he learned, and he's voicing it. Now, it's written, but he actually is speaking it. I'm just going to paraphrase this, but in 2 Corinthians, in, in chapter 1, he says, Hey, brothers and sisters, I just want to let you know something. We endured a lot of hardships in Asia. It was tough. It was rough. It was hard. Almost to the point of death. And in the NIV, it says we were under a lot of pressure. In fact, it says we were under great pressure. And then he says he's voicing value in his voice. He says, but you know what? Let me tell you, brothers and sisters, it caused us to rely not on ourselves, but upon God. That's a message right there for somebody who is under stress and pressure right now. Anybody in here? Let me, let me see your hands. Come on. There's value in Paul's voice and there's value in your voice. And how does it work? You've got to pay it forward. Tomorrow you go to work and you've got a coworker that slams a book down or, or whatever and gets really frustrated. And you ask the question, hey, what's going on, Joe? Can't believe they're foreclosing on my house. It's just, you would not believe what's going on. Hey, brother, let me tell you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, the Apostle Paul, there you go. That's when you kick in your spiritual gifts. One of them could be discernment. You discern right off the bat that he's struggling. And you've just learned tonight in Second Corinthians chapter 1 from Rob, your friend, right? The guy who went into the wrong restroom. And then all of a sudden, you're voicing your value to that person and say, hey, God's going to help you, brother. Can I pray for you? That's how it works generationally. Amen. Are y'all getting this? Y'all feel like you're receiving this tonight? That's how it works. Paul had a lot to say. And we have a lot to say. And your voice matters because it's powerful. It's strategic. It has some umph behind it. There's value in what you have to say. You may not know all the Scriptures and that's okay. All you have to do is just be there. Can I give you what a definition of a pastor is in one word? You want to know what it is? Listening. 
That's all it is. Just listening. You just simply extend an olive branch and you listen. And say, brother, can I pray for you? And who knows, that brother could get saved six months down the road. And you had a part, in, like Paul and Timothy, you had a part in his life. And then he goes and tells a cousin that lives in Pennsylvania about the experience that he had because one day his house was foreclosed on and the next day the Lord turned it around and the bank called and said, nope, I'm sorry, you're still in good standing. And then that person tells somebody, a relative in South Florida. And before you know it, it reaches to a family in Germany. That's how living generationally works. Somebody said that we're literally about three to four people away from information going around the world because somebody tells somebody, tells somebody, and the next thing you know, it just gets blasted out there. Amen. I think it is just so awesome how Jesus poured into his disciples. We're here today because of that. Do you realize that? Have you ever wondered this? Which disciple did are you favored with that eventually came to you? Any Peters? Nathaniels? We got two Jameses. We got, as the Chosen says, big James and little James. Who else? Tell me the other disciples. Matthew. Bartholomew. We, Thomas, come on. But have you ever thought about that? Where does your family lineage line up and how did it happen generationally? Which disciple was it? Hmm. May you learn something tonight, huh? But just think about that. We're here because of Jesus generationally pouring into his disciples who generationally poured into someone else. And the next thing you know, it went to Australia. It went to Central America. It went to, you know, England, uh, Iceland, Canada, and eventually here and all over the world. Amen. All the continents. A lot of generations, don't you think? And so my assignment tonight was to poke and prod you a little bit in this area. Let me just tell you that there's value in your spiritual gifts. There's value in what you learn, and there's value in your voice. Now, we don't want to overdo it with your voice and start pointing the finger at people. Come on now, we got to use some grace and some mercy here. Some common sense, okay? We just got to love up on people, but we got to use our voice. And I believe there are some things that we can do when we leave here tonight. I believe we can start thinking generationally. I believe we can start praying generationally. Michelle and I read and, and pray every morning. And one of my prayers is that my children and my grandchildren will serve 
the living God all the days of their lives. And if they're not doing it, I still pray it. Does that make sense? I think we can think generationally. We can pray generationally. We can live generationally. Amen? When I was in Boston, I wanted my grandchildren and my children to receive a postcard from me with a picture of Fenway Park. Any baseball fans in here? I got to sit in the Green Monster. <laughs> we got a special invitation. But I wanted them to receive a postcard from me. Because they know the story. They know that their Mimi or their mom gifted me a trip there as a, as a way of, of finishing cancer and chemo. We just couldn't go the last two years because of COVID. So I sent them a postcard. And I wrote them a, a cute little note. But I dated it. Because I want them to have this postcard for the rest of their lives. And generationally, it signifies God's victory and healing in my body. Amen. Now, why can't we do that with our children and with our grandchildren and tell them about God's goodness? And about the miracles that we are seeing and being a part of. Or maybe letting others know that we work with or maybe our neighbors about the miracles that have happened in us. I think if we grab hold to this, this concept of generational and understanding that God is generational. Have you ever read Matthew chapter 1? So-and-so begat so-and-so begat so-and-so. How many of you have skipped it over? Come on, be honest. Come on. Three of you. Come on. You skipped it over because you thought there was no value. Well, let me tell you something. There is value because God is a generational God for putting those 14 generations up to Jesus. There's a reason. There's a reason. There's a reason. Amen. So when you are in Leviticus and you go, Ugh. <laughs> clan so-and-so, 38,000, clan is like, Turn it. No, don't turn the page because you're talking about a generation after a generation after a generation of God's goodness, of God's grace, of His mercy and, and healings. Amen? If you would, do me a favor and please stand. You see, you did the next steps thing really well, so you're going to get out early. I'm a man of my word. In order to be and to live generationally, we have to know Jesus first. Amen. If you would like to know about your spiritual gift, you got to know Jesus first. You have to put Him in your heart. 
What I want you to do right now is just close your eyes and bow your head. If you would like to know who the Jesus is, if you would like to know the one who said in the very beginning, be fruitful and multiply, and the one who said before he ascended into heaven, go and make disciples. If you want to know that person, if you want to know Jesus Christ, because you've never met him before, you've never received him into your heart. I just want you to lift up your hand right now as a sign of I need to ask Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. You know, Jesus doesn't ask us to go through a 10-step process to have Him in our lives. We just have to just simply open up our hearts. So do me a favor and just repeat this little simple, simple prayer. Say, Dear Jesus, I recognize that You're a generational God. And before I can even go forward, I need to accept You into my heart. And on this night, I receive you into my heart. Thank you for forgiving my sins and coming in and totally transforming me. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I'm being very serious here. There's value in your spiritual gifts if you don't know what they are. And some, some people have more than one. Isn't that cool? Can I, 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 I just got to give you this awesome story about a spiritual gift. There was a gentleman who came through our class many, 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 many eons ago. And he took the gift test and it came to deciding his you know, top two or whatever. And one of them was giving. And this was a gentleman, a family that had hardly no money and he thought it was very funny how, how can I give if I have nothing to give and he struggled with it for quite a, a bit of time and he doubted God that his spiritual one of his gifts was giving and God kept massaging him and convicting and working on him day after day after day a few weeks go by and it was just gnawing at him and and I'm going to get the number wrong the dollar amount but he reached into his pocket and got $67 out and hustled up here real quick and gave it to Miss Gail this was Pastor Brandon's mom who passed away she was our receptionist back then and just said, here, here's $68. I don't know what I've got to do with this, but the Lord has been convicted me to, to give. And so here it is kind of a thing. And Miss Gail said, you will not believe what happened literally minutes before you arrived. A single mom called the church desperately asking for money for her child's medication and guess how much it was 
$68. If you want to find out what your giftings are and find out what the Holy Spirit put in you, would you do me a favor and come Sunday? We make it very simple. It's after the 9 and it's after the 11. It doesn't get any simpler than that. And you begin the process of taking your next steps and your journey. What a wonderful journey to find out. And eventually you're going to take that spiritual gift test. So there's value in that and there's value in what you are learning. Let me ask you this. What did you learn tonight? Just, just tell me. What else? We have to remember what we learned so we can take it to the next generation. Amen? So when you come Sunday and Pastor Kelly is preaching, we know he's going to be in James, right? Get the notes. Download the app. Learn and learn and learn and learn. Every morning, I get two automatic emails. It's devotions that I get. And I read and I listen. I'm a geek. Not really. A geek who doesn't know which restroom to go in. But anyway. I'm constantly looking and and wanting to learn and, and to grow. Amen? You see, decay starts when growth stops. We got to keep learning. So there's value in learning and there's value in your voice. You got to take a step of faith. You got to take a leap of faith because the next generation, listen, we have to do something. We have to get out of this chair and get in there and start teaching and and helping and and using our giftings and whatnot. Would y'all agree? So you learn, I learned something, amen, that I've got to do some work. And so the thing is, we have to do this. So let me pray for you as we go tonight. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word tonight. I thank you for the simplicity of it. I thank you, Lord, for just the, uh, just the, 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 the backbone of it, Lord, because we see you as a generational God. We see you as an all-loving God and an all-knowing God. And Lord, your plan from the very beginning... As we learned, you said, I am the God of Abraham. I'm the God of Isaac. I'm the God of Jacob. We see how you're generationally minded. And so, Lord, help us to receive what we learned tonight and to use it to the people that we can impact that are around us. I pray your mighty blessing on the people of God. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... Amen and amen. Well, thank you for coming. If you go to the restroom, just remember, hey, y'all have a good evening.